1: Time now for the WEEI Producers Show on WEI, WEEI.
2: And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Good morning, Boston. This is the WEEI Producer Show right here on Boston Sports Original. WEEI. Shime, no Lanny, but Garvin here today. I'm back. It's a gruesome twosome this morning here I on the producer show. Talk today's shine. Good morning. How are you, You bud? sound great. You look great. Oh I know you were dealing with uh, some sun rays in your eyes on the way in here. Oh, yeah. It's just
3: like driving into the solar system it's today. Tough. It's incredible. For the first time in seven months, the sun has been out. I was not anticipating this at all. I would also say, if you're out at 730 and you're doing 20 miles an hour, what the hell are you doing? Well, it's just, probably, just stay in bed. Just stay, stay in bed. bed. To be
2: fair, it's probably people um, of the older age that are just out, you know, putting around I, I gotta
3: start the car. That's what my dad would always say. You, you go out and start your car. Gotta make my Dunkin' run. Dad, no, it's 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 not like a nineteen sixty Chevette or whatever you were driving back in the day, my friend. <laughs> it, it's gonna start, don't you worry. and yeah, they're grand Marquis out there. Oh know? my god. Goodness gracious! Is I'm like th- biting into my steering wheel, going, "Would you just go? Would you just go?" And then every time they take a left, I'm like, oh, "Of course, of course." That's like me. I pull,
2: I pull down the street that uh, our studio is on, uh-huh. and it's a little side street <laughs> yes. with a bunch of cars on every <laughs> side, so it's is. it's very tight. There's a car in front of me. Yeah. A woman gets into the car. I'm like, okay. And I pull up behind them. I'm like, all right, like it's fine. Go ahead. As we come around the corner, he immediately. Swings left into the other lane and just starts pulling a three-point <laughs> turn right in front of me. I'm about seven feet behind he's him. Got places to go, and course. I looked at. I he's looking at me because I he like because I thought maybe he was gonna try and like parallel park or just back no, into no, the no. parking lot. You that's never over let there. him know
3: your next move, shot. And as on. he's
2: backing up, I'm looking at him and I'm like, "What are you doing?" And I drove around him and I'm like, "I get." I didn't give him the finger, but I I did give him a a, a like, brief wave. Getting? Like, what the F are you are doing? You
3: yeah, no, the, the the people on the kind of mornings I right? like
0: the modified Carmelo Anthony, just the one finger, like, oh. right to the noggin. Just, <laughs> like, use noggin. your head. Use your
3: brain, you I, idiot. I like to pretend we're in old London-y times. I give them the, the double deuce. Ooh, so nice. I give them the two. I go, hey, up yours. Okay, Ooh. Tommy Shelby. Yes. Uh 779 nine,
2: seven ninety three seven, if you want to weigh in this morning. Uh, right, I think we start here because uh, about just shy of an hour ago on ESPN Jeremy Fowler and Dan Graziano uh, released kind of an article on on the latest buzz that they're hearing from Super Bowl week being down there uh you know being on radio row Do all I the need people my
3: ESPN plus for this you may oh. actually
2: um, but it's all right I will I will read it to okay. you um so like per Dan Graziano uh one of the one of the topics they discussed in this article was the New England Patriots
0: hey I and know them.
2: It's buzz around the New England Patriots and their number three overall draft pick.
3: Ah, oh, this is interesting because... The Patriots uh, have buzz again. Yes, we talked to Tony yes. Curran on Thursday on Jones and Mecca with <laughs> Arkan, and uh, he said that the, the, the Patriots are more of a, I think he said, an afterthought and a curiosity, which is Ooh, really okay. a, a gradual decline from where they were last year when the buzz I was hearing about the Patriots is they're not even as interesting as the Chicago Bears. <laughs> So we're we're getting we got some buzz. This is good, Robert Kraft. Do you hear that? You don't have to trash Bill Belichick anymore now that he's not here to kick around anymore. There's buzz about your team, Shaim. I'm excited. What is Jeremy Fowler saying the Patriots are doing? What are are all the people talking about at the draft? Actually,
2: this this for you is Dan Graziano. Dan Graziano. He says that uh, most people believe Bears and Commander is going to be picking quarterbacks at one and two. Seems pretty simple. Mm. Um, But hearing buzz about the third pick, which belongs to the New England Patriots. The Patriots, who also need a quarterback, but there are people around the league who believe they are open to trading the number 3 pick, moving back in the draft, and and this is the kicker at the end okay. addressing the quarterback position in free agency. He also suggests, too, just for reference, that the two teams to keep an eye on, quote unquote, when it comes to trading back would be the Falcons at number eight and the Vikings at number eleven, which to me have been the two most logical companions the entire time.
3: The Falcon. Well, let's let's work backwards from this, where you sure. look at the the draft commodities that the Patriots could be. Uh, acquiring and and trading down. The Falcons have really been an interesting case study uh, in how to really not give a crap about building a franchise because... They've had the opportunity, I think, if they have wanted to take a quarterback for some years now, they could. They had the number four pick. I know there wasn't, like, any grandiose uh, quarterback available at the time, but, I mean, they go B. John Robinson last year, uh, Kyle Pitts a couple years ago. Uh, There have been times for them, and I feel like, you know, I don't want to say they didn't have a plan, but it felt eerily similar to what the Patriots were doing post-Tom Brady. When Matt Ryan was done, it just kind of seemed like yeah, we'll get to it when we get to Figure it. Figure it out. We'll bring we'll in Marcus Mariota. Uh, the leak, the, the we got a leak in the roof. Just we'll draft a Desmond Ritter in, in like the fourth round. Yeah, you know, we'll bring
2: in Taylor Heineke. He looked
3: pretty good in that playoff
2: game against Tom
3: Brady. It, the NFC South—it's a poverty franchise. You can yeah. win when you have. You can have a good season in the NFC South if you win seven or eight games. You just need season. nine wins to win the division, like what they've been able to do. And the other pick you said was eleven, which would then therefore make. Kirk Cousins available if that's the Minnesota Vikings. Correct. Moving on from their star question mark quarterback, I guess mm, he, Kirk Cousins is yeah. starry. Yeah, sure, there's some buzz. About he's not a him. superstar, but he's so, close to a star. I guess this is if this is what the the buzz. Again, mm-hmm. we're sticking with that word. Uh, around the Patriots is that's interesting because I have not had the opportunity on the show, Shime, to to sit and, and talk to you. I know you're a big draft guy. Yes. Uh, and I am always looking forward to our Saturday conversations because I feel like week to week, I just I don't know what I want. Yep. Everything changes. And as I was saying before the show, there's what my heart wants and there's what my brain wants. Yes. My brain says you're at number three right now. You have an excellent opportunity to take a quarterback. You could really alleviate... The last four years of the damage that Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, by the way, has done to this franchise. For sure. And all the bad will equity with Mac Jones and all that stuff, if you hit on a quarterback. And a lot of people think that could be Jaden Daniels at three. uh, So, yeah, my brain. I'm sorry. My brain says uh, trade back because you have so many Holes and I felt like the, even midseason, you look at the roster and you are like, oh jeez, you are going to need wide receivers and uh, you need get, offensive linemen. The, the the linemen, which some people here are not too keen on talking about, and I get it. I I might throw up in my shoes if it's da 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 da. The Patriots have traded back and taken you know nondescript left tackle out of nondescript Olu Fashanu out of, of Penn State, uh, Kali's Fawaga out of Oregon State. I really would then like. I would understand it, but in the moment, I would be devastated because of the football that we sat for this entire year to get to this point. So, my brain says you should trade back because you have a lot of holes right now. I don't know if I could go to 11, though. 6 I think the Giants are ripe for the picking right now. I think they are so vulnerable with the Daniel Jones fiasco, the fact that they're paying this guy a lot of money. He will not be their long-term quarterback, and I think if they're smart, they should get a jump on it now, and you have them right over the barrel. But my heart says... Not my brain. My heart says, take the quarterback right now, stupid, because you have an opportunity to fix all the crap that has been done to this franchise for the last four years' time. So I don't know what part of my body I should be listening yeah, to right so it's, now. Yeah, it's, so it's,
2: it's an interesting scenario, right, because I agree with you. There are some holes that could be filled if you were to trade back a little bit. I don't, at, at this moment, I do not love Jaden Daniels' like, as a, I, I'm not in love with him the way I am with Caleb Williams and Drake May, especially mm-hmm. Drake May. Um, so to me, this is a draft day trade. I am waiting. I am making damn sure that the two teams ahead of me uh, are take one of them is taking Drake May because if uh, neither of them take Drake May, it's it's a lock stock and barrel. I'm staying there. I'm making the pick, and I'm not even thinking twice about it. If it is, in fact, Drake May, Caleb Williams, one and two, which by all accounts probably should be and will be, if that is the case. I don't see a massive issue with trading down. Uh, Jaden Daniels, to me, has ability. He's athletic. There is a little bit of arm talent there, not quite as much as I'd like, but I, I
3: get it. There's I see a the curiosity picture. factor with Jaden Daniels. Like- sure,
2: but when you bring in a guy like Alex Van Pelt, to me, that doesn't scream quarterback Jaden Daniels. Um, it screams more under center, more running, more play action, not necessarily as much pistol, option, read option, stuff that you would run more with Jaden Daniels, who, if you watched his MVP season at all, has the ability to run pretty well. Yes. And he's, it's it's very different. Everybody wants to compare him to Lamar Jackson. It's very, very different. I would compare it more to like Robert Griffin III. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who remember his excellent rookie season, it's more like that. Maybe quite, quite not quite that level, but more in that vein than in Lamar Jackson vein, first of all. Secondly... You're right. Like, this team needs to fill holes. And so if you can fleece a team like the Atlanta Falcons into being like, they are so desperate. They've been picking at eight for now four straight seasons. They're just like, we have three straight uh, picks on offense that just haven't flourished under Arthur Smith. We need a quarterback to tie all this together. Like,
3: decent picks, like they're not te- Drake London. that was another one that I, I forgot about. Kyle Pitts, drafted. Drake London, and Bijan, all awesome, like, all awesome players. That's what I'm like, all those years they had an opportunity to trade up and get a quarterback, and they never did. So you wonder, like, like what are they waiting for? Like there are, there's a lot of teams right now that you could take advantage of. I don't think you can fleece the Vikings because I don't think they're that that desperate. It's like
2: I think their plan is we're going to we want to draft a rookie quarterback just so we can give Justin Jefferson a massive contract. And that way we don't have to pay Kirk Cousins, all that money goes to Jefferson. We're paying a rookie quarterback. I think that's kind of the logic there. To me, the team that you could fleece really badly for Uh, a quarterback, to me, screams the Denver
3: Broncos. I hope they're not listening. They're going to be in on our plan. Sean Payton... We're not trying to fleece anybody. This is totally legit. Wink. Wink. Payton
2: hates Russell Wilson. He... uh, And and there's no shot he's going to give the franchise over to Jarrett Stidham. It's not going to happen. Especially when his job's going to be on the line in the next year or two. So, in my mind, theoretically, if you wanted, I bet you could get the 12th pick...
3: Denver does not have a second-round pick.
2: Correct. The 12th pick, a future first, and maybe like a fourth, and Russell Wilson— for the number so three pick. We're bringing in
3: a warm body then. Oh so, my so, you're the bringing, so then you don't
2: have to address the quarterback position in free agency. You have one in the building that isn't Mac Jones-Bailey's Zappy. Now, is Russell Wilson great? No. Are you going to be good next season? Probably not, but you could be like be seven and nine. Wins. Yeah, you could win seven games with Russell Wilson. Like, he wasn't bad this year. He didn't turn the ball over a ton. He threw some touchdown passes. Was he electric? No, but under Alex Van Pelt, I don't think he needs to be. So... You'd move back to twelve. That would give you an opportunity for like the second, third-ish offensive tackle in the draft. A guy like Talis Fuaga, who I love out of Oregon State, guy is an absolute mauler. He's just a badass. Uh, which would be a great pick. Or if you wanted to address the receiver position. Malik Neighbors might fall to you there. I doubt it. You'd be looking more at like a Brian Thomas Jr., the other guy out of LSU. Malik
3: Neighbors would feel like a uh a, a consolation prize. But the the Wilson, the other kid out of LSU, the agent Brian Thomas Jr. Brian Thomas Jr. uh is is somebody that has recently popped up uh on my radar and has turned into a, a, a bit of a fan favorite on Jones and Mego. Out of everything that's been outlined as far as like logistically trading back, I am not I, I don't hear the Denver plan and go, oh man, I can't imagine sitting through that season because you look at like what the options are at quarterback if they decide to not go into the draft and it gets really kind of wonky from there. Because Can give you the
0: top 10 in terms of AAV for free agency? It's Kirk Cousins, yeah. Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett, Tyrod Taylor, Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold, James Winston, Drew Locke, Baker Mayfield. <clears throat> and I Gardner Minshew, yeah, yeah.
2: So like, there's there's two names on there that I would be like, oh, okay. When it and it's Minshew and Jacoby Brissett. I think those,
3: yeah, those, those, those are the only two names. I'd be like,
2: all right. I guess they're they're marginally better than what was playing at quarterback last year, but it's not like it's by no means. Uh, Exciting the free agent market of quarterback
3: because if it's Kirk Cousins, you know there's going to be a price tag attached to that. I I would have to assume he is getting the money that he is looking for. I mean, there would be some intrigue there. He is an interesting guy. uh, If you watch that quarterback series on Netflix, like from an entertainment standpoint, it could be interesting. But it really kind of would feel like more of the same. And who knows? Maybe that could benefit. And uh, Alex Van Pelt's offense where, yeah, you're right. It's not, you know, the, these run-first kind of guys looking to create with their legs. I mean, he worked with Aaron Rodgers, who can run, but he's not known as a runner. He worked with uh, Andy Dalton, um, you know, more of your traditional, you know, the back-in-my-day uh, quarterbacks who can stand there and pick apart an offense with their arm, Um And that would feel kind of temporary to me. So then it turns into, all right, are are you looking to build like the system around what you're doing? Or do you just try to get the quarterback, hope to God that Jaden Daniels or whoever else that you pick uh, early in the draft is going to pan out and and you structure it for them. Um, I know you're in favor of, of, of trading down, but if you're so keen on Drake May trading up, and I think that's been something that the Patriots historically have not been willing to do. I think if there is a guy there that you're in love with, because that's been the caveat chime that's been attached to this. It's, if you love the guy, you take him. But if you don't, well, I, how do I know? I, I haven't seen, he's just in college. What do I know? I got to love the guy if I got to take him? Like, what if he's good? What if I see him, I go, he can be good, but I can make him great. Can I take him then? At what point does trading up become too much of a headache, too much of a hassle if you're not positive that Drake May, because I feel like you're, uh, Caleb Williams is unattainable. If Drake May is there at number two, does it become too much to go up and get him? So let's let's address that coming
2: up here. We'll talk about can could the Patriots possibly trade up for Drake May? Instead of maybe trading backwards, could they trade up and get Drake May? We'll talk about that I'll also plug in our uh, Denver trade idea mm-hmm. into the old Jimmy Johnson trade value chart. We'll see if that one actually pans out six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. do you want to see the Patriots trade out of number three up, down, stay put and make a pick. Tell us what you think. but right now Joe Braverman's going to get caught up with
0: what's
1: trending. The Rich Keefe Show, weeknights starting at 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI.
0: Well, it was closer than it needed to be, but the Celtics took care of the Washington Wizards last night at TD Garden, 133-129. to The final score, they end their seven-game homestand with a record of 5-2. and two. Jason Tatum was two assists shy of a triple-double with 35 points and 10 rebounds. Christos Porzingis finished right behind him with 34 and 11. Drew Holiday also contributed 20 points. Joe Mazzulla talked after the game and made an interesting comparison about how he would view his team.
3: Have you ever seen Spider-Man? Into the Spider-Verse? There's like 20 different Spider-Mans. That's like our team. Success is going to look different each and every night. And uh, I think the guys are doing a good job of understanding what that balance is. And as long as the process towards how we're going about attacking the other team is right and it fits in what's best for the team, then you that's know, just executing.
0: Next up for the Seas will be a Sunday matinee in Miami tomorrow afternoon against the Heat. Speaking of a matinee, the Bruins are in D.C. to take on the Washington Capitals. Buck drop is set for 3.30 this afternoon. Gerard Mayo continues to round out his coaching staff. As first reported by Sports Trust Advisors, former Super Bowl champion Dante Hightower has been hired as the team's linebackers coach. The former first-round pick returns to the franchise he won three Super Bowls with as a player. In related news, Falcons owner Arthur Blank stated that yesterday former Patriots coach Bill Belichick was never offered the head coaching job in Atlanta and that Belichick never asked for full control of player personnel. And of course, the big story in the NFL is Super Bowl 58, which is only one day away. Chiefs All-Pro guard Joe Tooney has already been ruled out with his lingering pectoral injury. Don't forget... You can tune in to Westwood One's coverage of the Super Bowl right here on 93.7 WEI-FM tomorrow, beginning at 2 p.m. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEI and WEI.com.
1: let odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs advertise with odyssey visit ads.odyssey.com a good time out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they can't outkick their coverage on this pick i mean this is their highest draft pick in quite some time i think since drew bletzel right when they picked them number one overall in the 1998 draft
2: Bronk, why are you an encyclopedia yes
1: it's, you know i just got knowledge like wow. that Kay. you know I'm an analyst, all right? And I'm on your show, so I got to know. I got to know my facts. But <laughs> I think if they don't go with a quarterback, if uh, Drake May or uh, Cal, uh, Cal Williams has already taken off the board, I think a for-sure pick, a for-sure lock that will, won't be a bust that's going to do big things right from the beginning is Marvin Harrison Jr. Wow. at the wide receiver position. I mean, he's an explosive player. If you want those players, take Marvin Harrison Jr. He's an explosive player. And his dad went to Syracuse as well, and I was a Syracuse fan growing up. So that's a connection right there.
2: This is the WEI producer show right here on Boston Sports Original. WEI, that was uh, Rob Gronkowski. Oh, sure was. Telling you to take Marvin Harrison Jr. at number three. Uh, that's a if you don't like Caleb, Caleb Williams. <laughs> Caleb Williams. Some would call Caleb Williams the white whale.
3: Oh, my God. Right I now. wouldn't, because that's not how you say it. It's Caleb Williams. It's Caleb. And Rob not Gronkowski. Caleb Williams. Rob Gronkowski is going to be on television tomorrow for seven and a half hours. And it's just great, because he can't say anybody's yes. name. The man is, is, pay, is he's paid to talk football, Shime, and he
1: can't
2: People are so money. concerned about Tom Brady being in the booth. And I give you Rob Gronkowski, Exhibit A on oh, why Tom Brady golly. will be just fine. Uh,
1: Cal, uh, Cal Williams. That's
2: right, Gronk. What's What's big. What. What's better, Caleb Walliams
3: or a cheese whale? See, I was thinking about that because I'm like, Wiggy and Gronk are like, geographically cannot be like farther apart. Like Gronk is basically Canadian at this he's like yeah. half Canadian, half Scandinavian, and then Wiggy's from Eastie. And yet they <laughs> both have the same inability to say certain words. It's it's very fascinating. But, but yeah, Mark, maybe it's a tight end thing. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Does Fourier have that issue too? Can no, he say Williams? For, for She's Williams. Well. The with the rule with Fourier is the more syllables, the worse it's going oh, to. Nice, okay, like, cool. Mitsubishi Duckless Hyper Heat Tanking Unit for I mean, forget it, forget it. We're here <laughs> all day, folks. We're here all day.
2: Uh, so we've been talking about the New England Patriots. The note that uh, there is buzz around uh, Radio Row yes. and the Super Bowl that they could be interested in trading out of the number three overall pick. Ryan before the break posited the idea of the Patriots maybe instead of trying to trade down, what about trading up in the up. draft and. I I don't think you could sell the commanders, unfortunately, on trading up to two. That, to me, would be too difficult. They're in a position, new ownership, new head coach. They need a new quarterback. Like They don't have one in the building. Sam Howell was fine. I like Sam Howell. Not a lot, but not that I'd want him to start my
3: franchise. They're victims of very similar circumstances to Patriots fans, except that their circumstances have been going on for much longer. Bad quarterback play will absolutely screw with your entire fan base. And Matt Jones was bad. Sam Howell was like a different, different level of bad. I mean, the dude was on his back every other play. And oh, he got sacked a million times. Like, you the- feel bad for him. But at that point, yeah, you got to convince this new ownership group. No, 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 no. You want to tackle. You need to be fundamentally smart. And they're like, what are you kidding me? We got Magic Johnson here. Magic Johnson doesn't want to tackle. Magic Johnson wants a quarterback. And so I, I think then it
2: means that your only option is to trade with the Bears you have to somehow either convince the Bears they're better off with staying with Justin Fields or they already have to believe that they're better off staying with Justin Fields and then you have to convince them to trade you the number one overall pick which isn't going to come cheap right it's like I mean you are at three so it's not like you're trading down a lot but it's going to cost you mm, a second round pick maybe like a pick swap in the late rounds like it's not going to be it's not going to be free that's for sure. Do you and love
3: Drake May? I do you I would, love. Here's the thing. Shine. Do you do you gotta love? You have to love this quarterback, Ryan. Would you if,
0: take his hand in marriage? If yes. it
2: was me, I would trade number three and next year's first if I had. We're to. getting married. I We're getting hitched. I I am head over heels for Drake May. That's where I'm at with him. I um I would give it. Can up.
3: Can he save our franchise? Can he save the Patriots from this? Gross stint of brief mediocrity I, in the football pantheon. But yes, for I Patriots so. fans, it's been too long. It's, he can
2: save us. I'm I, in. I, I believe Let's so. I, I like I think you have to at least call Chicago and be like banging that, down their door to make an offer because I, I think he's that good. I, I think, think he's everybody
3: worth it. should be calling Chicago right now.
2: Drake may, in my opinion in w- retrospect aside, right? Like not knowing that CJ Stroud was going to be as good as he was mm-hmm. spe- talking specifically at draft evaluation time so far. And this is pre combine for me. Uh, Drake may is like one of the best quarterbacks I've ever
3: ever at. seen. Yes. Ever seen. Yes. Okay.
2: I, I, I just, I think his ability to manipulate throws and the speed oh, and accuracy, hostile takeover. That would and be really cool too. It just, I, 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 he is an, an impressive quarterback. And I know everybody gets scared because they see UNC and they think Mitchell Trubisky and Sam Howell and stuff like that, but this guy, is it's, he's different. It's very different. He could have played for other schools. Excuse me. Uh, Darius Butler, former Indianapolis Colts quarterback, Sir. was on with Pat, uh, Pat McAfee just yesterday and said he was like – Gushing over him, right? He spent four and a half, five hours with Drake May, Drake's dad, his uncle, and he's like, I would take this kid first. Uh Merrill Hodge uh, was kind of mm, poo-pooing Caleb Williams a little bit as well on Radio Row yesterday to a Chicago NBC outlet. So, like, there, I-, I think some people over there or in the NFL space have caught on and are catching on to just how good Drake Bay is. Um, his family is like a family of athletes. His brother was on the UNC basketball team. I'm pretty sure his father was an athlete at UNC as well. Like, this isn't just some... This isn't just some jabroni Mitchell Trubisky who had like a good year in college football and people lose their minds over it because he's kind of athletic. No, no, no.
3: This kid is, he's legit. All that being said, whoever you bring in, you have to, obviously you have to be sure he's the guy, but you have to be able to be sure that they can withstand the amount of work that is going to go in to rebuilding the New England Patriots right now. And it's just – it's something that I can remember doing this show with you and Lanny in October when after, like, the Saints game or the Cowboys game, and I'm going, oh, my God, oh, this is terrible. And then you're already looking ahead and going, man, they have a ton of issues that they need to fix. And my goodness, if you are going to have the approach of let's go find the quarterback, Gerard Mayo has to know that the rest of the group around is is not going to fall to pieces. And, and this is just going to be, you know, the, the Patriots think part two electric boogaloo where, where your quarterback <laughs> is just so woefully upset and, and, and everybody has bad feelings towards each other, and the defense is pissed at the offense because the defense can hold the Chargers to six points, but you're not going to win anything because the quarterback on the other side doesn't know what he's looking at and gets shut out, or the the, the quarterback uh, is, is seeing things that aren't there, and he's, he's it's the Sam Darnold ghost thing, and he's yep. making these weird, uncharacteristic mistakes. Like You have to know... Are we—and that's it. You don't have a lot of time. You have to know, are we ready to do this? Because whoever we plug into this situation is going to, again— Vault you to where like the Houston Texans were, and again you could say they had some good pieces in there. They weren't as destitute as it feels like the Patriots are right now, where they're completely redoing their entire. Set. But they're like, completely redoing, one I side think they kind of the
2: kinda were. Like it's like you had they had Laramie Tunsil on the offensive line. They had like Derek Stingley Jr. who hadn't really played yet for them at cornerback because he was injured, but. You had Nico Collins, but at the time, Nico Collins was a nobody. He had, he had never had 500 yards receiving in a season, and and then you add Robert Woods, who's just a veteran. So, it, like for me, you could be the te- the Houston Texans. I think Elliott Wolf. If
3: everything works out, then congratulations. You, you're right around there. You're yep, like you're an a 10-win 8, team. 9 10 win team, and, and I it, think it's more of like the infrastructure of like you know Nick Casario had been there for a couple of years now. You had established a culture and things. Had, it's it's funny how things had swayed from. You know, the the Houston Texans saying, we never want to deal with another Patriots personnel. Bring these people down here. All they do is screw things up because they're coming off of Jack Easterby and, and what an unmitigated clown show it was when he was running the show. Nick Casario has turned things around, so they had time to kind of establish a vision. Find a young quarterback, former player. Hmm, sound familiar? They had that chance they hit the quarterback though but they also had but, a lot of pieces to work on off of that i think you're you're dropping a, a guy right now who is looking at juju smith-schuster sure. and devonte no, parker so, you so, could and see absolutely this is a, this in. is
2: why i think Elliot wolf needs to answer one fundamental question heading
3: into the rest of this offseason is joe judge still out in the
2: no play? it's the question is do you is this is this an immediate turnaround or are you building for uh long-term sustainability because i think if you are intending on trying to be competitive and good next year, you can do it. There is a path to it, and it requires a lot of capital. It requires you're going to have to because then the you're quarterback down the no, you're trading up, trading up the because right capital. now the quarterback market in free agency is awful. However, the offensive line market isn't awful. The receiver market is actually going to be pretty good. Like, there's some valuable guys in, that could hit free agency. I.E.T. Higgins Dexter and Mike Pittman Evans.
3: Jr. intrigues the heck out of me. Uh,
2: K- Curtis Samuel is available. Like, there's there's a lot of different receiver names that would come in and be better than you what you already have. You could bring back Kendrick Bourne as, like, your number three guy. You can draft a guy as well in the mid-round. So I think there's avenues to improve that. I think bringing in a guy like Tyron Smith at left tackle might cost you a little bit, but not a ton because he's so old. And it's just like, a one or two year deal until you can draft a guy because he's gonna he's a free agent out of Dallas. He's been their last tackle forever, but they're going to get ready to move on. I have a strong feeling that they're going to take a tackle in the draft. And tackle, so- tackle,
3: tackle, 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 tackle. Oh, so,
2: back. so I think there is an opportunity, like if you were to re-sign Michael Onwen, who bring in Tyron Smith, your offensive line's already better. And then if you were to bring in a guy like T. Higgins or Mike Evans and a farther down the uh, depth chart guy like a Curtis Samuel and a Kendrick Bourne or something like that, or draft a guy in the third round to, to be that number 3 receiver, I think you're cooking with gas there a little bit. And so you're not dropping him into something that is completely and utterly hopeless. You're getting Drake May with... A better offensive line than last year. Is it perfect yet? No, but it's not going to be perfect. But it's going to be better, and there's going to be key pieces involved. You're going to have a couple of receivers. They're not going to be amazing. One of them may be really, really good, though, which is kind of all you need. And then complementary pieces around that. And then you already know the defense is going to be good. The defense was good last year. The defense was good the year before. And Gerard Mayo is still in charge of that defense, along with DeMarcus Covington. I think they're going to be able to... Establish a a baseline at least with Christian Gonzalez, the safety play, uh, Matt Judon, Keon White, Christian Barmore. Like those three guys alone at the end, there are going to be huge for you next season if they're all healthy. So I, I don't think it's quite
3: the uh, barren wasteland that we may think it is. Well, uh, something you mentioned there—it's—it's. I I appreciate the optimism. Of, yeah. It's it's I'm trying, it's not it's, as bad as it seems. I'm not completely swayed by that because it seems really bad. But I think the one thing that can go a long way in within the Patriots is is how you you started uh that that monologue is what kind of mindset does Elliot Wolf have? Yep. And that 100%. goes as far as what kind of mindset does Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft have when they look at this. If, are they practical? And this is the important part. Are they going to be practical enough to go, you know, we really neglected things around here. And I'm going to tie this into the off the record, on the record, little uh, powwow that that Robert Kraft held uh, in Vegas the other day as far as, you know, I was willing to spend anything, but we had a great coach here who ran a tight ship. Um And to me, I take that as the authority figure pointing the finger at his subordinates, which I have zero respect for. Zero. I think if you are in charge of people and people make mistakes uh, under your name, you take responsibility and you never hear about those people. That falls on you, Robert Kraft. That is not Bill Belichick. And, And Bill Belichick is responsible for a lot of the issues that are currently plaguing this team right now. But the spending thing to sit there and go, well, I wanted to spend... Why do you throw a name out like Lamar Jackson? Okay, that's a sidebar. So, Robert Kraft me has... Me Bill said so. Exactly. Robert Kraft has to look at what has gone on the last four years and said, I don't want to be known as a meddler. Well, you can't have it both ways, okay? You can't sit there and go, well, I put these people in the position and we hold them responsible. And then also, crap talk them once they have done a job that you did not want them to do. So... The mindset I think for Elliot Wolf and everybody involved in this draft process and free agency going forward in team building, Gerard Mayo too, by the way, is very important because if they can be pragmatic enough to go, Man, we really, really did not do right by this team. We never had a great plan after Tom Brady. We never really had a great plan uh after Rob Gronkowski. Like We could have been proactive and spent money, but instead like I backed off and I let Bill Belichick do his thing, which I think is is kind of weak to be saying after the fact. If they can be smart about this and responsible and go, okay, Elliot, you've been here for a while. We're giving you an opportunity to do this job, and we know it's going to take time. So if you have a vision and plan that's going to take two to four years— I know the fan base is incredibly impatient, but if they start to see progress, then I think you can sell them on it. Not... We made the playoffs with the rookie quarterback, and then we missed the playoffs, and then it was an absolute train wreck, and everybody hated it. Oh, Nelson. good. Well, that's nice. I think that can go a long way into empowering this group to do the right thing sure. as opposed to, like, oh my God, if we screw up this draft, we're going to be out of a job. Because then at that point, you you are overpaying for Nelson Aguilar. You are overpaying for... I liked Hunter Henry, but has is the contract meet... The, met the value that you were getting? Probably not. So I, I think it's it, it's difficult because you're, you're put in a situation,
2: right, where uh, in the NFL, as a GM, more or less, your life depends on the production of the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. If you draft a young quarterback and they succeed, you stay in your job. And if you draft a young quarterback and they don't succeed, you generally, outside of in San Francisco, lose your job. And so it becomes... It becomes a risk reward scenario. If Elliot Wolf feels comfortable enough that he is going to be able to spend money in free agency, we're gonna be able to see that by the way before the draft. So we'll know ahead of time. If he is able to spend money in free agency and feels he has the backing of the crafts to do that, and the crafts are we changed our we have we're changing the philosophy. We wanted to spend money. Belichick didn't, we're gonna spend money. If that's true. We will know in free agency, and then come draft time, they'll be drafting a quarterback, and they're going to be sending it. That's 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 what they would do. If it is cheap free agency once again, then I kind, of, I kind of liken this to the Red Sox. It's either the Dave Dombrowski Red Sox or the High and Bloom Red Sox. You're either going to see a ton of money spent in free agency, and then they're going to be aggressive in the draft, or they're trying to trade up to one to get Drake May, taking Jaden Daniels at three, something like that. They're going to be aggressive. Or it's going to be... Lower price guys with possible upside uh, trade out of three back to eight or eleven or twelve get a bunch of picks to stock up for next year grab an offensive lineman to build out the offensive uh, build out the offense a little bit more and it's a slow build like the three four five year plan and so if you're the 49ers, that's great the 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 three four your plan works. You pick a bunch in the first round. You hit a bunch in the first round. You get an awesome defensive line. And you go from there. You're, you're going in games. This. Yeah, it's but It's going to be awesome. But if if your goal is the Super Bowl, as you've seen up until this point at least, the 49ers have struggled. They just – because they haven't had the quarterback. They haven't had the guy. They took a swing on one. They tried with Trey Lance. Didn't hit. Luckily for them, they built their roster so good to a point where you it can didn't really plug matter. In
3: virtually any competent quarter But it's
2: also because San Francisco had the foresight to be like, look, John Lynch and uh, Kyle Shanahan, you're not going to be losing your jobs. Make some picks, take some swings, build out the uh, build out the roster. Really kind of do your thing if and see what Christian happens.
3: If Christian McCaffrey materializes on yeah. the market, you can spend a lot of equity to go get that guy, which is absolutely paid off for. Yeah. That.
2: So uh, I think it, it's all going to come down to their philosophy and their approach. 617-779-7937. What do you want to see the Patriots do in the draft? Are they Should they stay put, make the pick there, trade up, trade down? Do you think they'll be aggressive in free agency? We'll continue with this coming up next year on The Producer Show. This is the WEI Producer Show right here on Boston Sports Original. WEI, Shyman Garvin with you. Just wonderful 20 Saturday morning.
3: Hours ago, I be- I'm sorry. Down
2: on the sidewalk. This closure. Is this, uh, Check Yes Juliet?
3: Yeah, nailed that.
2: We are the kings. I was a big, uh, I have
3: always, I still am a huge, uh, like, pop punk. This is borderline emo music, Wiggy. Borderline. Yes, thank you. Borderline. Not quite. It's technically
2: pop punk, but yes, it's much more borderline. You can't talk emo. to some people. No, Wiggy has no idea. The fact. Hold on. I, gotta, <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta say this. Turn this music down. Oh, I, I gotta say back, that... We're back, we're back myself. <laughs> the fact... I still to this moment cannot, cannot get over the fact that he thought a band like Taking Back Sunday is the same as effing Yacht Rock. Oh, They're not, not the so different like, yacht rock is not emo steve yacht-
3: winwood and my chemical romance like, they're, not even <laughs> close. they're not even close like, what welcome are we to doing? the black
2: parade versus like uh running on empty like that's what we're talking about here
3: it's Make me so- a higher love. Oh,
2: my God. Okay. I'm uh, sorry.
3: not okay. I'm I had to get that same. out. I had to get that out. Uh, no. um, let's, I, I
2: heard all of that. We've, we've been talking uh, Patriots draft know, all morning ever. long. Uh, let's let's go to Darren in Belmont. Let's talk to Patriots direction in the draft. What's up, Darren?
3: Hi. How are you guys? Hi, Good. Darren. Thanks for taking my call. i first is I don't think they're as far away than you think. I think the defense... Core is there, and they were playing defense without their two best players last year, and they were still very competitive. They were on the field a lot because our offense was horrible. Second, you use the draft, 80% of the draft on offensive skill. And I think I, li- I love Drake May, too, but I would not trade a number one and the third pick to get him. i go with McDaniel, and then in the second pick I would draft a tackle, and I would use your free agency money on a wide receiver and draft a receiver in the third round and then build the offense from there. Use every pick, because Bill always uses picks on defense. Now it's time to supplement the offense. And All right, Darren, uh, thanks for the call. Man with a plan. I, look,
2: I, I don't I don't hate it. Like, if you want to stick at three, take Daniels, and tell me with the second and third round picks you're going to take an offensive lineman and a receiver, I'm in. I would do it in kind of the reverse order. He did it. I would go receiver in the second round, offensive lineman in the third, just because I think the the. There's way more receiver talent at the top of this draft than there is offensive tackle talent. but um, So I think you'll be able to get a better player at that position. I appreciate the optimism.
3: I'm, I'm not quite there yet. Yeah, which I, I get. I, I, I mean, also think after I what you be, saw
2: last season, how could you be No,
3: I think I need to be patient with this group because it's a lot of change, although apparently it wasn't yeah, something that the crafts were overly uh, keen on was making all this uh, change at once. Uh, I want to get into this before we uh, conclude and, and sure. give way to to Ken and Curtis. Uh, Shine. We were reading from Dan Graziano and Jeremy Fowler uh, earlier today, and 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 uh, Dan Graziano had some interesting notes on what the Patriots were the buzz around the draft. Yeah. Well, you scroll down a little further in this story. Once we get past all the jet stuff and all that, uh, Jeremy Fowler has a, a bullet point called "Where does Bill Belichick go?" From Ooh, a here? Belichick tidbit. This is a, it's a, a tidbit about Bill Belichick. And Fowler writes the fact that Bill Belichick just sort of hangs out as a coaching free agent after the greatest run of all time over two decades in New England is still tough to fathom, and it remains a talking point league wide. After speaking to a few people close to Bill Belichick, here's the sense I get. The first point that he makes, this is, again, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN. Bill Belichick is prepared to take a year off and will gear up for the 2025 cycle with several big jobs potentially opening. Okay. I am dubious of that reporting. I think, you know, I... Am He's not, prepared now that he doesn't have a job. That's, thank you, that's that's, that's the, the quiet you, part yeah. that is now being said out loud. I am not so quick to... to Pitchfork and and torch Bill Belichick as other people are around here. However, I do hold him very responsible for the state of this roster and something that we didn't have time to get into, but I would love to explore another time. I hold him responsible for what this coaching staff looks like uh, based on, on uh, how sure. destitute that it feels from networking. But I am also not going to sit in in and, and trash the man while he is unemployed. However, I will say I think it is a very convenient, borderline predictable that this was going to be the narrative surrounding Bill Belichick now that all these coaching jobs have been filled. Well, oh, yeah, this, because who's reaching all... out to
2: who's reaching out to Jeremy Fowler? The mm, Belichick I camp?
3: would think so. And uh, after Robert Kraft, again, which I, I don't have any respect for the the approach Robert Kraft has taken of, well, we wanted to spend money and that's never been an issue, but you know, we had a a, a guy that, that maintained a budget and you know, he ran a type ship. I, I, I don't I shine. I have no respect. For a guy who is supposed... Like, I have people under me. And if one of them were to make a mistake and someone's like... Ryan, what the hell? I, and I pointed the finger at one of my associate producers? I am a That's jackass like- for doing that. And I feel the exact same way about Robert Kraft pointing the finger at Bill Belichick Well, for Ryan, now that spending. you mentioned
0: it a couple of weeks ago when I was helping you out.
3: No, <laughs> Shut up. You make mistakes. No. I, you but, own up to your mistakes, Braverman. Seriously, if, if Braverman was helping me with something and, and he didn't get it done, and I was like, well, it's his fault, I, I am not qualified to run things. So I don't have any respect for for Robert Kraft doing that. All that being said, I think it's it's a rewriting of history with Bill Belichick. And I guess on one level, I appreciate that there are people out there that are so willing to carry his water like that. (laughs) He didn't big brain this whole operation. I have a tough time believing... Arthur Blank, when he says, well, you know, he didn't ask for total control. That's all media machinations, you know. He just says a certain way of doing things. Well, I would think that if you're interviewing Bill Belichick, Scheim, for your head coaching job, I think it's implied that he wants – control over personality yeah, that does. he is not answering That's to a general manager at 71, going to be 72 years old. He's not answering to some kid that went to Gale or Tufts or Stanford or wherever else who's big-braining the operation, and he's he was never... Messed he's not Bill
0: Belichick-Craig Craig Bressel he's relationship. He's not built
3: like that, though. That's my <laughs> point, is is I don't High think Bloom would ever happen. Belichick. So it's really easy for, for Arthur Blank to come out and go, well, he never asked. For that, It's really easy for Jeremy Fowler to go, well, he's prepared to wait now that all these jobs, because there's a potentially lucrative coaching cycle that's going to open in 2025. He he missed out. He's got to reevaluate himself. He's got to go, am I qualified to do this? Does my way work anymore? He has to look himself in the mirror and ask those questions because I think the NFL is telling him right now, Bill, you have been a great coach or one of the greatest to ever do it. Your way does not work anymore. So you can get with the times. Or you can go and sail eight rings off the, uh, a waterfall and have a great life. And it'll be kind of interesting to see how he approaches this, this
2: season and, and kind of what he does if he joins the media at all, if he just kind of hangs out and does the uh, Mike McCarthy. Ooh. I'm going to go study film all year and come back a better man for it. Do we get, real quick, because
3: we didn't talk about the Super Bowl, could we possibly get a Bill Belichick appearance in a Super Bowl commercial at any point? No. You don't think no, so? No, they've I all been released that. already. Have oh, they? I, I haven't looked at them all, but I would say... Feels no. like it. Oh, the internet sucks.
2: Uh, all I know is that I am excited for the Paramount Plus One because that one's hilarious. Quick, uh, Ryan, the, Super Bowl pick. Yes, quick. Lock it in.
3: Uh, I'm going to be like every other basic Betty around here and pick the Chiefs. Yeah,
2: I uh my, my brain says Chiefs, but my heart says 49ers, so I'll just lay the points on 49ers. Would be cool that so I, I just, can't
3: pick against Patrick Mahomes. Go, I not yeah,
2: do it. I, I'm with you. Go Kyle Shanahan. Go though. football. That'll do it for the uh, producer show. Enjoy the Super Bowl tomorrow night. If you're uh, you know, going gonna to be listening to the radio this weekend, I'll be joining Curtis coming up here next on the Ken and Curtis program. And then tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., the Big Game Brunch. Myself, Rich Keefe, Nick Fitzy Stevens, Andy Hart, getting you ready for the Super Bowl. Uh, enjoy the weekend, everyone. We'll see you.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.